0: I I think we forgot to mention one of the best performances of Joker, and that's Tommy Wiseau.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, Tommy Wiseau. That that is amazing. Tommy Wiseau
2: best Joker. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) straight in the movie vault, guys. No question about it.
3: (laughs)
0: well good movies
2: yes this is well good movies uh the podcast that gives you the topics worth discussing and the films worth watching i'm david osger uh your host and if you couldn't tell by that intro music then today uh we have an entire episode dedicated to the clown prince of crime the joker in honor of the new todd phillips movie joker so uh of course to go through things like why is he so iconic the incarnations of the joker and what we will call the creations of joker you know other medias that you know and characters that he's created um i've assembled some joker experts with me so um i've just gone through the the local sort of mental asylum uh, uh so our very own uh, master of the end game our very own riddler it is craig mcdonald hello hello Craig. how are you today
3: I'm good, although not sure how I feel coming out of a mental asylum, apparently.
2: (laughs) Um, Maybe it's just the other two guests. (laughs) Good save. We'll we'll see. So also with us, we have a reviewer for uh, our very own website, Fresh Take, and content creator, director, actor. um, He tackles reviews like Jason Tog tackles crimes. It is Kyle Thomas. (laughs) What's up? I was waiting for you to keep going. I was enjoying the list. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was like one of many talents yeah de- which... definitely worth uh worth the asylum comment then. yeah yeah yeah
2: well, you liked my little jason todd oh yeah <laughs> yeah you could bring in the rambo review of being like oh, a, yeah. deals out justice fairly it's just like yeah well no we're not gonna get into rambo otherwise it's gonna become a trump campaign. <laughs> yeah. um and also with us is a fellow podcaster uh of the film seven podcast uh Jake Hart uh how's it going guys how are you uh now so like I said I linked it everyone to characters when I asked Jake about his most relatable character his was Two-Face so I was gonna put that warning out there now guys in the podcast if you get a bit of back and forth I mean I you know, thought
1: we were still in the asylum <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's all a figment of your imaginations uh yeah so like I said today uh, we'll be talking about uh why is the Joker so iconic um obviously touching on the brand new Todd Phillips film, talking about some of the themes and the controversy that's coming from that and why, you know, Joker throughout the years has sort of pulled in so many uh, fans and audiences. Uh, We'll be talking about the incarnations of Joker, what our favorite uh, takes on the Joker um, and the different changes he's gone through, as well as uh, what we sort of titled Joker's Creations, which is then uh, the characters and the mad storylines that stem from the Joker so um, obviously Harley Quinn is quite relevant at the moment. The Birds of Prey trailer just having um, been released. So yeah um, I feel a bit like uh, Batman who I've assembled.
3: Mate, you're (laughs) not Batman if anything you're more like the Penny Plunderer. (laughs)
2: I don't even know who that is.
3: <laughs> so you know the large coin that is kept in the back cave that everyone says is taken from Two Face. Oh right, he's yeah. the villain who it actually belonged to, but was so bad was discontinued.
0: Okay, I don't know. Maybe he was. He's more like cancelled Nick Fury.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: even even further down the chain than uh, Condiment King, like we we speculated. Oh before. yeah, I,
3: I dug deep for you, David. <laughs> That's a deep cut. that one.
2: <laughs> um, That's what I do. But first of all, before we go into our main topic today, uh, we just want to recap uh, last uh, episode where we were talking about um, Steven Spielberg films. So we were talking a bit about why he's so influential and similar with The Joker, you know, going through the different decades of Spielberg, etc. So we asked uh, everyone at home and on our social media, um, what do you think it is about Spielberg? Is he the most influential filmmaker of the last few decades with the options being... Yes, he eats all competition with a picture of Jaws and uh, maybe a few years ago with a picture of Indiana Jones saying that belongs in a museum. So it was 61% to that belongs in a museum uh, and 39% to he eats all competition. So, uh, yeah, apparently a lot more uh, iconic and influential filmmakers out there than, than Spielberg these days. Kind of felt a bit bad. I felt bad putting that picture of that belongs in a museum, but then have people vote for it as well. I was like, oh, poor
0: Spielberg. Uh, what do you guys think of those results? Um, I mean, the man's definitely changed some of the landscape of filmmaking. He's definitely good at what he does, but in a in a world where like most big names are now coming from the franchise players and the people that can do things really well with big franchise uh, topics like um, Endgame and stuff like that. I I think the the, not so much smaller, but like different sorts of directors that aren't handling big budgeted franchise probably won't get the credit that they deserve.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was actually surprised with the actual result. I thought it favoured more in the museum than I thought it was going to um i actually voted that he is still influential i think maybe he's not the hottest topic right now but i think in terms of influence even the best directors now you'll they'll tell you he's one of my main influences i still think you can see that in a lot of the modern films
2: yeah i think so like that's why i find interesting is that you see a lot of filmmakers who will cite jaws um and those kind of films as you know their, their influence but um, I think if you're talking about his influence today, that's where the, the the question can be a bit split.
3: Yeah, I think he's so intrinsically linked to people's childhoods. Um, I think that's where a lot of people would take that perception, right? So they know a lot more of his films back from that sort of era as opposed to now, right? So I know that was a theme in the episode that one of my favourite films of his is one of his more recent ones and conversation around it was where it was starting to sort of run dry a little bit because not many had not many people had seen things. Uh, they're they're like more recent. And even then some of the more recent ones are not necessarily talked about. Like the BFG, not many people really do talk about, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, and Ready Player One as well.
0: Yeah. The problem I had with Ready Player One was more to do with the book adaptation because anyone that reads a good book knows that nothing can compare to your own imagination. Mm -hmm. And while Spielberg, I definitely thought, was the man to tackle it, there was a lot of stuff that i thought was a strange decision to make Mm -hmm. and i mean i bet it was an uphill battle trying to get all the licensing so
1: that's the main problem i had with that film it just felt like a fan fiction film you know like or a fan service film more like i should say that it just relied too much on nostalgia for me
3: yeah i mean i've had like lots of problems with it ranging from the fact that when you actually get down to the actual stakes of the film it did not seem that high which is always really a problem with virtual reality, in a sense.
2: Yeah, I think when you look at his more recent films as well, it's a case of he's not so much creating stories anymore, like with E.T., etc. He's more just, you know, oh, we want to make Ready Player One, and they approach Spielberg, and he takes it on. So I think when you become that director who then just starts taking on projects because they're probably having like 10 or 20 different offers throughout the year, you don't become then that sort of auto filmmaker, which maybe you can say the sort of modern equivalent is like Christopher Nolan where obviously something like Inception or Interstellar is like an original work of his where Spielberg would have done that with the likes
0: of, you know, E. T. and you know, even though jaws and those kind of films are based off books they still feel quite original you can sort of say argue the same for uh, tim burton as well like the projects that he takes on now you can sort of just it doesn't feel like there's love in it no like the more the, the older stuff when they were doing what they loved and the ideas that they like yeah it's it's not there anymore i'm not necessarily saying it's the same for spielberg but you can definitely tell when a project is just out there for for money rather than the passion yeah definitely yeah Um, Yeah, well, thanks, guys.
2: Interesting results from that. And what will be interesting today is, like I said, going from like a filmmaker, we'll be talking about a character. So it'll be like really interesting to see, um, you know, how that differs. We've all seen uh, Joker. Like I said, um, if you want to check out our review of it, it's on Fresh Take at the moment, uh, written by Craig. Um, also, I think uh, yourself, Jake, you've got... Um, yeah, on Film the Seven.
1: Film 7 podcast channel, we've got our spoiler yeah. review app.
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, lots of places to check out our thoughts and opinions on it. But like I said, this will be sort of like a general topic about like why Joker is uh, such an iconic character. To you guys, like I said, you know, obviously we brought you on today... Uh, like Jake, you said, you know, you're very much a comic book fan um, and also very much into like DC, the Joker. Um, same with yourself, Kyle. Um, and the interesting thing I found with both of you is as well, you've got Joker tattoos. So Kyle, yeah. you, you've got um, the killing joke. Yeah, I, I, went,
0: I went for killing joke over than a particular actor purely because I felt like the source material is always going to be... Yeah, You can rely on it more so than maybe a performance. Yeah. But, but
2: that, on the other side of things, yeah.
1: Jake's there. I've got Heath. I've yeah,
2: got Heath. yeah. So um, yeah, like what better people to have than uh, to these two right here. So, you know, what is it you think in in your mind, you know, like I said, without, obviously it's a big topic at the moment about violence and, you know, what we should be seeing in the cinema and all that kind of stuff, but even taking yourself outside of that, you know, what do you think
0: is the appeal of this character and what makes him so so iconic? Um, I mean, for me, as a director and being an actor, like being so rooted in the performance it's it's a topic and a character that you can sink your teeth into there's so many different ways and so many subtle nuances and things that you can look into because the man is unstable but there's also while unstable there's sanity to it with the mastermind side of things and there's just so much room to play and it's it's the proverbial Pandora's box of a character, really. There's so many things and ways you can go with it that that's what I find so appealing about the character.
1: Yeah, very very similar to you. I like how unpredictable he is. I, I think for especially comic fans, when you read these stories for over 80 years, it can get quite stale. But with the Joker, it just... Well, when a good writer is behind him anyway, they just reinvent the character in ways we haven't seen before. I think he's one of the few characters you can do that with uh, because when you veer away from core character, character characteristics, sometimes fans can get upset. Mm-hmm. I think Joker is one of those few exceptions where they are willing to let you take different risks because, he, you know, he's crazy. Like, uh, one of my favorite Batman runs was done by Grant Morrison, and I loved his theory on the Joker that he's so insane that he rewrites his personality. Uh, and then, like, you know, one week you'll be reading a comic. You're like, why is the Joker so different? And he's like, that's because he's just rewritten his personality it's because he's that crazy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So that goes into the theory about the idea that he knows that he's a comic. Uh, he's so insane, he knows that he's in a comic book universe. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why he has, like, so little empathy because there's no consequences for those around him. So, yeah, no, I definitely buy into that.
2: And it's also, like said, an aspect that actors will bring into their performance so like Mark Hamill um you know famously will say that you know he has different joke laughs and if somebody says you know like what 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 made you uh decide on this one joke laugh or you know do do a joke laugh you know he says well it depends on the mood it depends on the episode he's in Uh, you know and I I think that's always um been like a real staple to to his take on the character as well is that he can have so many varying degrees of you know, well. Joker is sad in this and Joker's happy in this, but, you know, it's always going to be a, a maniacal laugh. And um, I think one of the episodes he saw cites is the um, the Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy saw one because, like, Joker saw played down in that sort of episode, so he's going to be very different in there. And, yeah, and, and that's what, like you said, he, he's a very adaptable character as well, um, which we'll see as well in the incarnations, is that it's surprising how many different versions, that even though you look visually at them and they're quite similar, they are quite drastic changes in in some of the versions that you do see what do you think is like the sort of the appeal personally from people in terms of like you know why do they gravitate to that character so much because obviously like a lot of people are saying with this film well you shouldn't support the psycho and you shouldn't sympathize with somebody who's mentally insane and you shouldn't support you know gun violence and all that kind of stuff you know what 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 are your guys takes on that
1: i mean i think the Joker, basically, and much like the, the film Joker does, is he's a character that, in a way, holds the mirror up to us uh, and shows us what I think we're all capable of if we go down the wrong path. And I think that's what makes him so interesting for us as humans to think that, oh, no, we could be capable of going down this dark path. Uh, but then you have on the opposite spectrum Batman. I think what makes him so powerful is that because he's got that yin and yang with Batman, they are effectively... Two sides of the same coin, mm. and I think that's what people really appreciate about this character.
0: Yeah, um, for me, I think that people, much like what you just said, are drawn to what they can relate to. Uh, I also think there's something it's strange to say, but like modern day horror isn't what it used to be, mm. um, so. The feeling of being so unsettled by a man that just can has a medically cleared laugh Mm. and seeing, like, there's an appeal to it because people are like, there's a stigma around the Joker that each performance is going to be as wild as the last one, wilder than the last one. You have to be method to do it. Mm. There's there's a big element of what's going to happen. There's intrigue. But at the same time, I don't think people... (laughs) people don't really think about the morality of it that's what I like to think anyway but like there's always going to be a few handful of people that are questioning the morality but for the large majority we understand that he's a villain we understand that he might have had a tragic backstory but it's also an unreliable narrator yeah which is really interesting because you, you don't get many films or performances that you question everything that you see yeah and that that is really cool yeah.
3: Yeah, I think it is that fundamental lack of understanding I think a lot of people are drawn to as well, because so many people basically pride themselves on trying to, you know, unravel the mysteries of everything around them. And it's one of those things that, especially with a character as complex as the Joker, trying to understand exactly where he comes uh, like where he comes from, why he does what he does is something that I think people are trying to, you know, rack, all, uh, rack their head around a lot. I think that's one of the reasons why Killing Jokers has been so popular uh, as it was in the past, because, you know, it tries to offer that like one direct origin route for the character. And even then he just undermines it himself by saying, if I have to have a past, I would I prefer it to be multiple choice, even to the point that he doesn't understand his own past. And just I think it's just one of those things that like people are drawn to that that sort of mystery, right? Because you have a lot of the sort of Internet discussions and that general chatter about, oh, do you think it means this thing? And. Yeah, people are just obsessed with that.
0: There's a lot of mystery to it, but at the same time, it's not like the kind of mystery where people will go, "Oh man, I desperately need this answer." There's enough there that people can go, "Okay, I get it."
3: If anything, they enjoy. If anything, they enjoy not knowing, right? So, because going back to what you were saying earlier about the idea of like unpredict, uh, like the unpredictability and the essential chaotic uh, nature of the character, it means in some ways his actions are both like fully understandable and completely unknow, uh, unknowable and have no ability to understand it whatsoever
2: the fact that they did have an origin story with this obviously i think was maybe a bit of like where some people were quite concerned with the new joker film um, and that's an aspect that's worked for the character quite well in the past is that you know you don't know where he comes he comes from or you know you don't know all that much about him Um, And it sort of adds that mystery to the character, which a lot of the times works better for a lot of films. You know, you know, people say, oh, I don't want a prequel to that film. I don't want to know his origins because that's what makes that character great is that we don't know where he came from. But that's why I love then seeing the Joker is that, you know, you come away from it still going, well, he was adopted. So, you know, spoiler alert. So you still don't really know where he comes from. You know, he's given a name in that film. But again, that name was just given to him by the person who adopted him. So, again, we don't know where he's come from.
3: Also... Is he necessarily the Joker? Because I think there's obviously going back to the unreliable narrator aspect.
1: I think it was Todd Phillips who confirmed that he said this is not the joker yeah i think he came out and said that recently i might be wrong but i think i read that
3: somewhere i
0: think it's interesting if you look at it based on just the age alone of um arthur yeah by the time bruce becomes batman he's going to be too old so it's almost like saying like every generation is going to have its incarnation of the joker he's always will which is (laughs)
1: that that theme was sort of played out in uh, i don't know if you guys have seen it but the gotham tv series yeah where that the the guy who we thought was joker uh, spoiler ends up dying, but the whole point is that he's a sort of message to the people of Gotham that it, somebody will, there will always be another Joker. Yeah, not to
3: mention the fact if you look at something, say, like uh the TV show Batman Beyond, where literally gangs rise up calling themselves the Jokers.
2: Yeah, and I think the fact that, because even, I think you could take it from two ways as well, that Todd Phillips can be so saying that. Um, obviously this is an Elseworlds story so he's saying this is not the Joker as in he's not treading on the, the ground of the main franchise saying oh well there will be the Joker but this is a alternate take on the Joker so there's that aspect as well but yeah I, I think you know you're perfectly right as well in the fact that yeah he could inspire generations and I think that's what's really interesting is a lot of people have said especially with you know, this all like riots and stuff you see in the film. Um, a lot of people are starting to say, you know, I I really understand now why um Batman never kills the Joker or you know why things you know, why people why crime is so rampant and stuff in Gotham. Because like I said, if you once you you understand that, you know, the Joker is Gotham as well, so you know, he represents that so much. But also I think that's what's appealing to a lot of people is that idea of like, um, you know, rising up and protesting and all that kind of stuff. And some people might see it as a bad thing, but we've had plenty of films like it before. Like nobody... Okay, some people might have been up in arms about V for Vendetta, which I know, you know, like Craig, you would appreciate. But it's
1: it's funny because it, I was actually speaking about this with uh, my friends yesterday. Yeah, and I said that if V for Vendetta mm. came out today, yeah, it would get. I think it would get very similar reactions to the Joker.
2: Yeah, it's it's a similar thing. It's of that like yeah, like rising up against the government, people feeling oppressed, and and V is very much the same character. He goes around killing people and stuff, and but again, he's sort of like painted as this like godlike figure.
3: Yeah, um, but I think the difference in that situation is the historical background right so Viva Vendetta has always been sort of anti-establishment kill the sort of people who need to be killed yeah. while Joker is just kill anyone who's around
2: oh yeah yeah it's it's I, I I think I'm just saying it's the same appeal that brings people to the two medias it's that idea of like um, because very the stuff that's in the Joker is very much like the fat cats controlling Gotham and they're opposed to Thomas Wayne it's still that idea of like yeah. taking down the establishment right. that kind of thing but the characters themselves are very different.
0: I think it was interesting, from my point of view, I didn't even necessarily think the film was all that violent. No, it was I think it had three distinct moments of over-the-top violence. But you've got, you've got to look at things like John Wick... That's like violence from the outset, and yet all of a sudden, because the people that are hurt and killed in Joker are done so in over-the-top, brutal manners by a man that's unstable, it's seen as trying to say that unstable people, when given the wrong circumstance, will flip and plough a pair of scissors into your eyes.
3: But that's the thing. Like I, I don't even... I wouldn't even say, apart from the one scene you just referenced, I wouldn't even say the other kills were that over the top. No, I think, no, definitely not. Because like they're basically what just a couple of headshots, and I think most people think like, oh no, he got shot in the head, which means instantly die, which means it has to be horrendously more violent. Like,
1: no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this film, as as we all know, is heavily inspired by Taxi Driver and yeah. and the King of Comedy. Yeah. And, you know, Taxi Driver I say, is way more violent mm. than the Joker. Yeah, exactly. You know, that is it can be quite a violent film. Yeah. So I don't see. What like, people I, have a problem with now.
2: I saw um, this picture which was um, sort of using the. Uh Heath Ledger saw that moment where it says, uh, you tell a story about a white guy who goes crazy and kills a bunch of people over a dog and no one bats an eye. Then you tell a story about a white guy who just goes crazy and and kills a bunch of people and everyone loses their mind.
0: So when you said about John Wick, I was just like,
2: yeah, that's very, very true.
0: So it's okay if you make a living off of killing people, but if you do it so for a righteous act, oh, no. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I think
3: it's important. Or even in the first situation, self-defence. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I think that's
2: what's interesting, is like I said, nobody's condoning... I think what you said, Kyle, is exactly right, is that this shows what somebody can do when they're flipped and when they are unhinged. Nobody's saying that this is glorifying violence. Oh, no, there
3: are idiots online. I'm sorry... I mean, nobody here. (laughs) Oh, none of us, obviously. (laughs) But there are idiots online who says this is glorifying violence, in which case I'm just like,
1: have you watched the film? Yeah, and the same with glorifying mental illness and stuff like that.
3: Obviously
0: not. There was was this great thing I saw on Twitter and there was this one person that was like... Oh, I'm not going to see Joker because it's it's you're looking at mental illness in the wrong light, sort of thing. And then everyone in the comments and tweeting her, going, "You were praising the Punisher for the way it handled PTSD." Yeah, was you get... that
1: Hector Navarro?
0: I'm not I, sure. I,
1: I, I saw that tweet. Yeah. yeah,
3: but if it's like you're not showing mental health in the right light, what the light being if you cut services for mental health and stop giving people the treatment they need, then bad things will happen. Yeah, That seems like a pretty good light for me to look at.
1: Yeah, I mean, in that scene when he says, well, how do I get my drugs now? Yeah. And she's basically like, well, sorry, we can't help you.
2: One of my favourite moments is actually the... And again, it, it it's the same sort of, like, logic as that that picture where um he says, oh, you need to pay that guy back for his sign. And when, like, he just says, like, why would I steal a going out of business sign? And, like, but it's exactly true. If anybody, you know, if somebody else did that, if, like, so... Lo- You know somebody who's successful or good looking or something you know they would just be like oh they say oh and they would laugh it off and it's like the joker says at that end of that film you know he's just like you're you're making fun of me and again it's i think for most people you know they are siding with the fact of like we can understand why he's so hinged and why he's been why he's turned into this character they're not so much like condoning his actions but they're understanding why why he's become like that.
3: Yeah, especially considering the rest of the film does a pretty good job at, at establishing that these are the circumstances which are not just pushing like uh fleck, but pushing literally everyone, right? You see like lo- more and more trash rising across the city. You even see loads of rats running across shots from time <laughs> <Yeah>. to time. <laughs> the and the film rats. just gets
1: darker <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, in the lighting and everything as we get closer to the end of the film as well.
2: <laughs> it's funny when you said it, you see more trash it's like you're talking about people. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I saw this really interesting um, interview with Todd Phillips, and he breaks down the opening scenes of of Joker. And I never noticed it until he pointed it out. But once he's been hit over the head with the sign, and he's laying there in the street, he turns over to his side, and he presses his chest, and a little bit of water squirts out of the flower on his I chest. I saw that, yeah. Uh, right. And it just... It just solidifies how the character is and I just thought that was amazing.
2: Yeah, there's so many subtle things in the in that film. Um I think it's interesting as well. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, why is he so iconic, etc. So um I think on the fact of the controversies, it's interesting to see about like some of the reactions. Like I said, we you do have like all these people who would just take it far, you know, too far. But on a sort of like critical level, um obviously a big conversation will be, you know, will it be nominated for an oscar and that kind of stuff and there have been critics who've been very you know divided on it like we said on the way here you know you've got um somebody like Michael Moore or um Josh Brolin who love it but then you got you know like uh one of the critics for the guardian who you know give it quite a bad review so i think uh like the hollywood reporter's then sort of asked like some of the people who are part of the academy um their thoughts and i think it's interesting to see like what what your guys sort of reactions are based on what their problems are with it so um, oh, that doesn't. they haven't said weird. a name so male member of executive branch uh, aka s-
3: any of them <laughs> any
2: my son who is 21 liked the movie and I'm sure at his age that might make some sense but if you look at the beginning of that movie Fleck gets his board stolen and then he gets beat up so you feel sorry for him then you find out um, he's got mental issues so you feel sorry for him and then he's given a gun and uses, uh, uses it and so you've got this crazy guy who's got goes on a crime spree and you're supposed to like him, even though he's stabbing and shooting people and the way he acts with kids leaves a lot to be desired. To me, that kind of gratuitous violence sends a very strange message. It's going to make a lot of money. So if you're running a studio, you're supposed to make that movie, but is it responsible? I was once confronted with the same question and I decided not to make that movie and the movie got made and made a lot of money anyway. <laughs> so I have so many thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> It does... it it does represent... You know, I I think when I was watching it, I had a similar thought of when he was killing those men on uh, the train. I thought, well, yeah, okay, maybe I can see where these people come from, but see where they lead it. Are they going to go down this or, like glorifying him angle and once they clearly didn't i was like no it's fine but yeah it is crazy how that guy then didn't seem to watch the rest of the film i think what's
0: crazy is the fact that you're not giving your 21 year old son any credit yeah that you think just because someone is being beat up yeah you can feel sorry for them but then when they kill someone you think you're going to keep supporting them no because if you're a normal person morally you understand that murder is wrong
1: Uh, yeah what's that got to do with age like because yeah. he mentions my twenty, I can understand why that why he would like it. Like it's got nothing to do with oh, there's there's all.
3: loads of ageism about where they literally believe that if you're an older mem if you're an older member of something and you believe the younger member are inse- or just inherently animals, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But process.
2: It's also the idea that oh you know younger generations enjoy more violent things a lot more but like you said before you know films which are quite old like taxi driver have a lot of violence in them but even like westerns and stuff can well, be yeah, like I, really like...
1: i think it's just because we're we've had more violence than the previous generations yeah. due to stuff like video games yeah and, stuff like that.
2: and and you said about the you know there's not much violence in this i think somebody else i saw review it they were like deadpool's got more violence in it yeah and it's, true. Way it's more. like
3: yeah it's definitely
2: has more violence in it. and they
3: also but... go like Way more on for, the tea like, uh, needlessly gratuitous.
0: I think what people, like, why has everyone suddenly forgotten about behind-the-scenes stuff? And, like, we understand their movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... Oh, I just, it infuriates me how stupid some people think everyone is. Yeah. Huh?
2: but on, on the flip side, I saw the film last night at the landmark with another Academy member. My stomach was still churning this morning. It made me uh made me uncomfortable from the very first frame to the last, but I thought the movie was extraordinary. I didn't read anything bef- about it beforehand, so I thought I was going to get a sort of Batman. It's the most outstanding performance I've seen in many years. The way he moved everything, I mean, it's really... uh consummate actor and there's not a frame he's not on uh, camera To what I don't understand is what uh, everyone's all upset about just pick up the morning paper and see the asshole that's running our country if you want to worry about (laughs) violence it's still and thank god the person (laughs) I thought would
3: speak sense has spoken sense it's still early but I can certainly see myself this is why we need more of them
2: in the academy for god's sake I can see myself nominating it for best picture and he has uh, has to get nominated or the actors branch doesn't know what it's doing oh
3: yeah Joaquin is. By far one of the strongest elements of that film.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's got... I I personally feel he's got to get at least a nomination.
3: Yeah. I I honestly... I
0: saw this thing and apparently Marvel fans are trying to get the Oscar for RDJ in Endgame. Mm. And I just looked at it and went, over Joaquin? Really? Yeah. Like, it's an incredible performance. Like, I just... There's no other way to describe it because... Yeah. Any hardened actor would find it difficult to be able to portray a character that's not only unhinged and violent but sympathetic and funny because there are moments of comedy in it it's it's insane that yeah. might-
1: you give him the Oscar. It's also the incredible weight Joaquin had on his shoulders, though. Yeah. You know, 10 years after The Dark Knight, you know, yeah. there's still, and this is what I don't get, there's still so many people that are refusing to see this film because they're like, no, he's the only Joker for me. Yeah. Like, nothing else. Like, well, you can't say that until you've actually seen the film. No.
3: and Yeah, come on, like, you're widowed, right? I think he expects you to see other Jokers. Yeah. <laughs> And I think the fact that
2: you've got, what is it, like two, three years since we had our last Joker as well, it just, you know, he's a very popular character. He's got lots of different incarnations, as we'll talk about. So the fact that, you know, It's not so much Joker fatigue, you know, as well. It's like you could easily say, oh, you know, we've had too much Joker. We've only just had the Joker. But it's like, well, no, like there's, you know, there's a hunger to have this character. Um, And I think a lot of people after seeing this film would happily see more. I
3: just find that I find it hilarious that there's a very small subset of people who are upset that Jared Leto isn't making another Joker (laughs) performance. And I'm like... We'll get into Are that. Are you
2: nuts? We'll get into that. But, like, I think the the bit that all, like, hits the nail on the head for me in that review as well is that she said, you know, my stomach was churning the next day. You know, I, I I felt, you know, very uncomfortable. But in all the right ways, you know, nobody can, should... Reviewers shouldn't come away from that and say, like, that's why I didn't like the film because film is meant to challenge you and it's meant to make you think about things. And, you know, this film is doing that more more than anything, um, which, you know, I think is really, really interesting.
3: I think it's it's really weird and sort of refreshing to literally have a movie that for the first time in ages reviewers literally have to tell people it's like look you've got to be in the right mindset to deal with this because usually it's just a case of you watch it however you feel you feel but the fact that people are actually saying no 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 this is a this is a brilliant film you've just gotta be ready for some dark stuff and i agree
1: with that yeah
0: that's the thing like i personally and man like as a depressive myself, yeah. like I can sit down and watch like train spotting and that like puts me in the worst kind of mood, but I sat through Joker twice within a six-hour span and had the biggest smile on my face, and not because I'm crazy, but because it's such a beautiful movie. Yeah,
3: it's, it's oh, yeah,
0: You're just appreciating the craft of it. I thought you were actually going to say that, like I just watched train crashes. I was like, wow, this
3: is dark. <laughs> oh, yeah, no,
0: I'm on the dark web
2: every five minutes. <laughs>
3: I'm not going to lie. Literally, in order to get through writing the review so that I didn't like force myself down. I literally had like various stand-up comedy routines playing in the background. That's a solid way to do it. When I yeah. was actually uh,
2: reading over the review, it um, I was listening to, it, it kind of Make is a bit eerie at the same time. But I was listening to the song from the trailer, and I think it's in the film, isn't it? Smile, which is the oh yeah. 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 So like where we've talked, obviously, like said about like how you know Joaquin Phoenix has made such a big effect on this film. Like said, it's you know he owns this or sort of film. What do you think of the other incarnations of the Joker? So what stand out to you? You know, we've talked about how you know he can be ad- adaptive in different ways. Do you have like a standout one that you still you know go to? Or is that what you love about the character? What, what Do you think certain ones represent a, de- a different generation really, really clearly? What, what sort of stands out to you Yeah,
1: guys? 100%. I think he is definitely a character of the times. Uh, he's always been adapted to the current state of society, whether that be 66, 89 with Jack Nicholson, Mark Hamill, and so forth. Um, I've loved pretty much all the incarnations, and the reason why I love them all is because they are so different. Um uh, one of my friends asked me recently, he said, so who do you think was better, Joaquin or Heath? And I'm like, well, I can actually compare because I think both of them are brilliant. Yeah. And they're both they're both Joker, but they're both two different characters in my opinion. And I don't think it's something you can compare. Uh, very much like Jack Nicholson. I love Jack Nicholson's Joker, but that Joker only works in that film in the time it was released.
2: And, and that's what's interesting as well about the violence thing as well, is that even though... Maybe Heath Ledger's death or of changed the conversation. But people are talking about the violence as well with this film. But, you know, like, Joker does some terrifying things in The Dark Knight. You know, like the pencil trick thing. He blows how, up a hospital. How,
3: yeah, you know, how did I get... And these? literally, like, just deals with the technical, like, mishaps of the fact it, they it, didn't it, blow it, up properly the, the, with such a sinister eerie of just, like, he was expecting this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Being dressed up as a nurse alone is just, you know, like a bit, like, creepy alone, but... Also, like, the the change in the story of, like, you know, how he got those, these scars, mm-hmm. you know. So, again, like, you know, we have seen this, like, dark, scary um, Joker before. And I think, you know, that, that's why he does stand out as well. But I think I agree with you. He's very much a different character. I see him maybe more so as, like, somebody I can actually imagine in Christopher Nolan's world as a real person who becomes the Joker. Whereas I still think that in other co- incarnations of the character, he's very much a symbol or you know more mysterious character but i think keith ledger's one is the one i can most imagine
0: as an actual person becoming the joker kind of thing uh for me i think like first off i'm gonna give leto some credit okay because i thought the look was really cool for starters i thought it was completely different completely not what i was expecting at all so fair play for the surprise uh secondly my my whole idea around leto's joker is that I needed more before I could make a solid opinion. Yeah. It, it was blinking you'll miss it at best. And the things that he did do, okay, questionable, maybe. It, it's everyone's different taste it comes down to. The only thing that I might have done differently is ADR his lines so that you he wasn't choking on his grill. Yeah. Um, but as for all the other incarnations, it's... It's so hard, to just because you've nailed it, nailed it perfectly when you said that, like each one is so different, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it amazing. It's like Ledger, <laughs> L- Ledger's one, of course, the the anarchist, which fits the social times with Joaquin. We're talking about mental health more than ever in the public eye, and we're dealing with a character that's purely based around um, mental health. It's just it, it's fantastic how. Not every character in a movie or a superhero can translate so perfectly to a different time. Like, even Batman Beyond was, like, it was still Hamill, but they'd done the movie The Return of the Joker, and it fit in that time period, mm-hmm. so you can do anything. He, he's like water. He'll fit to anything. He'll literally thrive in any situation. Mm-hmm. It's 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 great, but for me, I, I don't want to be that person, but I honestly think Joker has just taken my number one spot just as a movie because... Mm-hmm. I can look at it, and I think the only thing I disagreed with was the choice of music when he came down the stairs in full clown makeup, and that was just because I thought the tone shift was a bit weird for me. Yeah. But then I think that's also brilliant because a jarring tone shift is what the character is. Yeah. So it, it works, and I, I honestly can't think of anything negative to say about it, so I think Joaquin is my mm-hmm. my solid pick for for Joker. But I I don't think... It's a revolving stare of different reasons. Yeah, yeah. I, I think,
2: yeah, like I think definitely uh, Jared Leto needed more time. And I think you're exactly right is that, you know, we can tell you just from like preparing for this podcast, like when I was trying to do the intro, I couldn't get like a single audio clip, which wasn't like muffled by like music, Harley Quinn or somebody else like, you know, gunshots, other characters. You couldn't even hear his laugh properly at any point in that film. Like, even when there was a clear laugh. I mean, the laugh
1: was terrible. (laughs) I I agree with you in some sense. I think uh, Leto had somewhat of a good performance. He just didn't have the time to thrive. Yeah. But the laugh just threw me off with that thing. I think,
2: think, again, you you needed an entire film or a film about the Joker to make it work and understand that character, but... um, you know, especially when you're going to go down this road of, like, the, the Joker is a proper gangster and he's, like, you know, this sort of gritty, like, mob boss sort of guy. Well,
1: the clown prince of crime.
2: Yeah, exactly. But you can't do that in a film that then has got, like, 12 other villains. And, and what I really wanted in that film was to have the Joker be the villain. And, like, you know, and I think the director said that himself. He says, I look at it
0: now and I see that that should have happened. My but, argument for that is literally, like if you look at it, you established that Batman is in that world. And the one day there's a world ending event, he decides to vacay. Where was he? Like if it was Joker, yeah, that is also true. But like, if it's like, if it was Joker, you could sort of believe that it was underground and like sort of thing. Yeah. As a side note as well. One thing I did want to say is I, I literally, I'm so happy that Joaquin didn't go method for this role because with Heath, and leto no disrespect or anything but like it sort of set up the audience to think every actor needed to go method for the character and the fact that we now have one of the most unsettling performances purely based on talent and alone an ability to act is fantastic I, i i gotta be honest i did tire a bit of those who
2: like you know he was sending dead animals in as presents and stuff. I was like, you know, because it does become a, at some point of a show-offy as well. You know, I wouldn't ap- apply that at all to Heath Ledger. But, you know, I think with Jared Leto, and again, I wouldn't blame Jared Leto for it. It's a Part of it is the press where they're so sort of like, oh, look how crazy he is. He was sending dead animals to the cast. But it's like, and then when you saw, like, I think I watched an interview last night and it was the person who played Katana was like, oh, the first time
0: I met him, he laughed in my face and he was playing the character. And I was like, I'm, I'm kind of sick of this, this narrative well, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine who's an actor and he said to me, He was like, Oh, can you help me prepare for an audition? I was like, Sure. He was like, How it's it's like a psych psychopath sort of role. He was like, How do I prepare for that? And I was like, What you need to understand is if you need to be this character, this person, this character, this entity will find these disturbing things funny happy, whatever the reaction is, but you need, to, it's not about what you think and what you react to, it's about what that character and that thing you are doing reacts to it. So it's understanding that it's not your sense and morality at lying here, it's theirs, and I think a lot of people forget that.
1: Well, I think Joaquin did a very good job of that because he says today that he still has conflicting issues and thoughts about the character yeah. he's
2: played. How he, yeah, like the way he saw it like afterwards, he was like, oh, I'm not sure about how, yeah, he wanted to sort of redo some of it, didn't he? Mm-hmm. But um, I think also it is important that you sort of like switch to it as well. Like the fact that you can watch Mark Hamill in an interview and then he just suddenly comes out with this voice, it adds to the character because it is like meant to be that you've got this psycho inside you kind of thing. So if somebody who then like Jared Leto is playing him all the time everywhere he goes in public, well, you do lose that sort of like hidden psycho. Well, yeah,
3: because aspect. of the idea if you don't want your audience to be sensitized to what you're doing, especially if you're playing, you know, the Joker who literally... Whose unhinged, major appeal you know. is not on sensitizing the audience yeah
2: i th- i think also like cred- like where we were talking about like um being applicable to the times even when i like watch the clips of Cesar romero like that's very much like applicable to that time you know it's a very like timely sort of like established actor and you know i love how you can see his like mustache underneath the makeup and even though it's a partly because the, the the show it's in is so camp but it does speak to that time in which like said vill- you know villains and heroes were well, all that sort of larger than life sort of characters, and if you compare him to then sort of like Heath, or very pantomime, he, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and they are completely different, but it represents that. time But frame. going
1: on the painting over the moustache, yeah, I think that is so Joker. Yeah, you yeah. know the fact that. I've got a mustache. I'm not going to shave it off. Yeah, I'll just paint over it, and the paint looks awful, so you can see the mustache. Yeah, but it's like playing on the
2: joke. That that's what I didn't like so much as well with the Jared Leto one is the I didn't get the sort like marker smile. Yeah, him. that was a strange it. moment as well. Especially, like, when
3: they, especially when they give him the hand smile as well. Yeah,
0: I like the hand
2: smile. Base. I like the
3: hand smile, but I think if you're going to do it, you pick one or the other. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit too well, much. Well,
1: the, the theory was was that after because in that continuity. Batman's been Batman for 20 years. Yeah, yeah he uh, broke his And face. then he's... Yeah, over 20 years, he's broken all his teeth. Yeah. So been. he's ashamed to smile with his face, so that's why he is... The yeah, hand. and you had
2: the suit... Was it in... The Ha Ha Robin suit. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Was that uh, in a Batman on Superman? That was a P V S, BVS, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. again, you see all these things, you're like, be great if we could see that, but you don't get <laughs> any of that. Um, but yeah, like I said,
0: that's clearly... A I, I just think, thing. like, based on what you just said, I think it's interesting, like, would the Joker be ashamed
1: of, of his smile? Well, that's that's what people yeah the I know. have said so. which I know is this weird just considering
3: this is a character who in the past has cut off his own face yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think it so adds to him that he knows that the smile is like a part of his like Terror, so he would then sort of get the grill or whatever. To
0: yeah, do I just think like when you start like looking at like the tiny details and applying logic, that's when it loses its touch. Because yeah. if you're like, I'm gonna sit here for a solid 12 hour tattoo session and get ha ha, it just doesn't have the same effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that,
2: that, and that's what I found distractive with it as well. I didn't mind so much the like gangster side of it, but again, to have like the things like literally on his like yeah. head and face, I was that's where I thought, uh, I don't know, it was a bit too on the nose him. for me, it's yeah. just over
3: designed, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But um yeah, what 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 both of yourself, Craig, like in terms of standouts. I mean, realistically And and bear in mind Craig dressed as the Heath Ledger Joker for um a charity day, actually as well.
3: <laughs> yeah, but you guys kept telling me I was more Jack Nicholson just in a Heath ledger suit. So I'm not sure how much I really pulled that off. For me, I I, I completely agree with both you guys insofar as like having to nail down like an individual performance. Uh, to say that like that's your definitive, uh, definitive joker I think is a very hard thing to do. Luckily we do have one actor who's done the role in several different variations so it makes my life a bit easier. I probably am I probably am a bit of a Mark Hamill fan if I'm honest. It's just because of what David was saying earlier. The fact that he does everything he can to literally adapt every single laugh to like every every nuanced element of personality. that And also just the fact that he has been in so many mediums right. So the fact that the, one of the reasons I was willing to give um, The Killing Joke as much attention as I did was just because Mark Hamill was returning to the role and just hearing him speak some of the like really iconic dialogue was just going to be something that, even if the movie wasn't going to be great overall, which, arguable, mm-hmm. um, just hearing that dialogue and just being able to listen to some of those clips over and over again is just still an absolute treat. But then you obviously get to contrast it against something like, say, the animated series where they do give him a bit more of that like goofy element edge, and take away some of the like overly sinister tones of his like i what i watched this afternoon the clipper he's trying to copyright fish i um, love that episode it's so good I, I think as well when
2: like i'm i'm the same like to me i think part of his nostalgia like i said in the last episode Dustin Hoffman, to me, is Hook because it's so embedded in my childhood with the film Hook. And it's the same with Mark Hamill. Like, when I think of the Joker, when I think of the laugh, I think of his laugh. And I think where it benefits as well is the fact that it is animation. You can do anything in animation, you know. An actor can, like, grin as much as they want and they can do whatever, maybe in CGI. But you can never, like, change that image of the Joker from, like, Mask of the Phantasm where he's just literally there looking over that guy with, like... Just the biggest yellow grin, which you can only pull off in 2D animation. So and and like I said, it's it's just that like sort of playfulness he has and the sort of like sadistic side. He he works on so many levels and and I also love like when Mark Arnold talks about his favorite um Joker speech, which is the um the eulogy he has for Batman. Have you seen that clip where he does that live at um, I think it's a celebration, one of the Star Celebrations? He performs the Batman eulogy where some man thinks that he's killed Batman and Joker just goes on a rant that's, that's about he, yeah. yeah, thinks that he, you know, like this stunted slime or whoever took that away from me. And um, yeah, I just love how it shows the same thing with Batman needs the Joker and Joker needs him. So, you know, how much he sort of clings to him as a character. And and actually is an element of which works so well in uh, Zach Galifianakis' performance in Lego Batman. It goes off the same thing of, we need each other, and uh, that's why
1: I find that quite funny. Well, that harkens back to um, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns in 1986, where I think, as far as I'm aware anyway, I think that was the first time we were sort of introduced that the Joker's in love. With mm. Batman. Right. I, yeah. mean, I mean, the final confrontation takes place in a ton of love, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know...
3: Well, yeah, so literally some of the dialogue is, this is it, isn't it? The moment we've both been Be- dreaming about. Exactly, yeah. Um, and also the fact that in that continuity, the Joker is literally catatonic for years when Batman's gone away. And the moment that people start speaking his name, he's like,
1: Batman and then he, it, you know, he
3: has a reason to live yeah
1: basically and at the final confrontation of that he plays the ultimate joke on Batman where he pushes Batman to the ultimate point where he doesn't kill him but he breaks his neck and leaves him paralyzed and then Joker finishes the job off making people think Batman killed Joker.
0: I, th- I think we forgot to mention one of the best performances of Joker, and that's Tommy Wiseau.
1: <laughs> oh,
3: yeah,
2: Tommy
0: Wiseau.
1: Oh. That, that is amazing. I forgot about that. Where <laughs> is, is the is Batman? A- is it actually true he wanted to apply for the role? Probably. I, I would be surprised. Obviously he like- wouldn't. <laughs>
2: Like, if, you, if you've seen Disaster Artist, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. If, like the things he tries to pull nothing off. Nothing
3: surprises that. me about that man anymore. That, I forgot man. about that. Oh, man.
0: yeah, you with the devil?
3: I need to watch that video when I get home now. <laughs> it is. I'm really, I'm really sad now. I didn't include it in the end game. Yeah, yeah. It's
2: an amazing. Yeah, like
3: you said, just that
2: screening. Tommy totally Wiseau best joke. <laughs> yeah, strain the movie vault, guys. No question about it. Um, quickly, before we go on to like the other aspects of him. Um, I think we mentioned most of the major ones, so Jack Nicholson, where people come down on him? I like him. I I like him. I like him a
1: lot. He's very 80s uh, type of character. He's very Jack Nicholson.
2: Yeah, and that's what
1: I think. Do you know what I mean? And I I think the film, Batman, Mm. 1989, really, I say, is more of a Joker film than a Batman film. Yeah, it is. He pretty much takes the spotlight, and I do like his interpretation. I don't think it would work now. No. But for uh, for its time, it's great. Yeah,
2: Never yeah. rub him another man's rhubarb. <laughs> I'm <laughs> glad you're dead. <laughs> that's <Otherwise,
3: laughs> why it's interesting because lots of people like to draw parallels between both Batman and the Dark Knight where they say that we know lots about the Joker in that film but not much about Batman. And then obviously the reverse in Dark Knight where we know little about the Joker and lots about Batman. And that's where it just affects a lot of people's interpretation as well. Yeah. Insofar as like why they like it. So,
1: I would say the main thing for me though about Nicholson that I don't like and I get why they did it in the film, is the fact he was responsible yeah. for the Wayne murders. I was going to say that, but... Uh, like, 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 literally responsible. Not like no. in Joker, yeah. where he's metaphorically uh, yeah. responsible here he was literally responsible yeah, and I didn't quite like the decision I, I
2: didn't like that as well and like I said it, it takes away from that mysterious aspect of the character which again and it makes it too on the nose of like you know I hate this character because he killed my parents and, and it does rob because I've revisited the film in preparation for this and it robs a lot of the emotion from some of the parts in the film because when he's like looking at him but when he's escaping and when he's like looking him down when he's fighting him you saw again the wrong feelings of like I don't he shouldn't be looking at him like you killed my dad you know it that works in Civil War when, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is looking at Bucky. But you shouldn't be feeling that when Batman's looking at Joker because Batman decides to become Batman for justice and to sort of like protect the people. He, sh- he doesn't become Batman because he's got a vendetta against a certain exactly. character. Exactly. So, I think
1: what makes his um, story so compelling is the fact that it was done by a random mugger.
2: Yeah. And I, I, it's it's kind of telling about, like, the way the films have changed, though, Hollywood. Like, that's very much from that era of, like, oh, we need to simplify it for the audience and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's it's kind of timely in that way. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts on, like, this or, you know, byproducts of Joker? Um, we've obviously got Harley Quinn coming out with essentially a Harley Quinn film, but is titled Birds of Prey. Um which again is you can see loads of elements of like what works about the Joker character and actually I thought the Birds of Prey trailer actually played a lot like the uh, Joker trailer um with this sort all of like classic music and stuff like that so what do you guys think about like why those other characters and the other
0: byproducts of the Joker have become so successful um i think part of the reason for it is because no matter what he touches there's a mark left behind and no matter how long they go away for and how far they get, there's always trauma, there's always the past, and as hard as they try to push him away, he's still there. And it it has its effects in so many profound ways, like Harley going from just a normal person to falling down the rabbit hole to Batman constantly worrying about what sort of beyond... A sort of thing will happen next, or like even just the unpredictability of it for like other people that interact with him is just an interesting thing. Like it's, but one of the things that's kind of annoyed me about the Birds of Prey trailer is I know they've gone. Oh, me and Mister J have broke up. I think you've shot yourself in the foot there purely because you've set up leto's joker in suicide squad to be over the top infatuated with her so much so that he breaks her out of prison and we're supposed to believe he's not going to come looking yeah Mm -hmm. like like even if i pitched this really cool idea like i thought was cool for myself is like (laughs) if they all the people in it lose the fight against Black Mask and he's got the upper hand and right before he's about to do something, he gets shot or, like, taken off screen and you just hear a laugh and it just ends with Harley just going, ah, oh, And that's it. Like, just something as simple as that, like a little reference or something. Yeah. I think yeah and
2: i think that also adds it, it takes away from what happened like you said you know we broke up because it takes away from the psychological p- part of that relationship like me and craig always go on about it about people misreading their, re- their relationship oh please spot. let
3: me read rant about this <laughs> i will now tell me when tell but me. um
2: but yeah, the fact, I know what you're going to say. The, the fact that the the trailer for the film also robs it from that chance, you don't then get the chance to then go through that, like, torture and that, like, abusive side of their relationship because she's then gone, oh, well, I've just walked away from it and, yeah, he was a jerk. And, well, that's the like, thing. If you can walk me. away from that, you can walk back to sanity. So why are you still yeah. and, where you're at? And and it and it paints the Joker that he would be the kind of person, like you said, who is infatuated with her when it's not. It's a very different relationship. Yeah, exactly. Go crazy.
3: <laughs> okay, So David and I have what I would describe as a once a week conversation about some stupid teenage girl who has posted one of those memes, which is like, oh, love is finding someone who's as as insane as you. And it's a picture of Joker and Harley. And I'm just like, no, you're missing the point. Stop buying into toxic relationships. And the problem is as well. The image that they use constantly is the one of Joker and Harley from Suicide Squad. So, in a way, it makes me hate the fact that that relationship was less toxic yeah. because it's then being used as like an absolute role model to the point that loads of people are seeking out well, this idea. And it's I'm just like. If you find the wrong people who are going to, who look at like the Harley Joker relationship in a different way, you're going to be in for some dangerous stuff. And that's not a situation you should be in in that situation. It's not healthy.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like they've almost gone, okay, we need like an edgy relationship thing to market to teens and stuff. And the thing is, we're talking about the person that almost murdered her purely because she gave him what he wanted, and that's Batman on a plate. Yeah. This is also the same person that didn't realize she was gone for a year and shot her to the goddamn moon. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's, that's why I think Batman the Animated Series, I think that portrays their toxic relationship the best. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, well,
3: it literally created the character, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it
1: brought so it brought the breath of fresh air to the character of Joker mm-hmm. to have this uh, obsessed person with him. You know, that's what another thing I didn't quite like about that relationship in the current film universe is that is Joker infatuated with her? No, it should yeah. be the other way around exactly yeah uh, cuz re- f- the way i look at it is that he doesn't care about her no he literally he uses her when she's useful yeah. and then he'll just toss her out yeah, yeah she and,
3: was basically just the best way of getting out of arkham asylum in that and situation. that's exactly why i had such a
2: issue with suicide squad when they didn't use the chance which was when he's then tracking her and everything like that, like, where is she? I thought, oh, this is building up to him, like, using her just to get to the suicide squad or Amanda Waller. That's brilliant. So when he, you know, when he goes to the lab to, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. about the tracker things, I thought, oh, brilliant. He's like, he's infiltrated, like, their tracker things. He's going to use it against them or something. So either he's going to be like, you can't blow them up. I'm going to use them as my own minions to kill you or whatever, or something else. I'm just going to kill them all if you don't do what I say, whatever. But the fact that he just used it to find Harley and just switches off or whatever was silly. But the fact that they missed the vital opportunity for her to be like, oh, you saved me because you love me. He's like, no, I didn't. I just saved you because I wanted to get to Amanda Waller or
0: I wanted to, you know, get to Enchantress or whatever. what's but, even funnier now is looking at it and going, oh, so you're not going to teach impressionable teens about abusive relationships, but Joaquin Phoenix is the devil because he's ill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, And also when you look at the
2: character of Harley in the comics, which this is mimicking a bit as well, she does seem to have become... They try to paint her as so many thi- like so many aspects of this character like oh she symbolizes bisexuality she symbolizes you know like uh female power but then she symbolizes villains but then she symbolizes heroes she's on the suicide squad but then she's also like a part of like you know other hero groups she rollerblades she has a hyena she has this she has that and i'm like she she they try to make her symbolize too many things i think they
0: did. tried to do what they've done with the joker and that's make her versatile yeah but, but didn't realize because they were trying so hard to make her versatile they've just kind of gone throw everything and the kitchen sink at
1: her. Well, and the it'll problem work. is
3: they're slowly just making her just, oh, she's just a female
1: joker. Uh, joker yeah, Basically.
3: Which yeah. basically robs her of any more autonomy, yeah. which obviously when we're talking about, like, you know, partner in a domestic relation, uh, abusive relationship is even more problematic. Yeah.
1: Well, that's why I have a problem with the title of this next movie, Birds of Prey. Yeah. This is a Harley Quinn film. Like, yeah, wh- yeah. Who, who are you kidding here? Yeah. But uh, I don't think... I'm excited for Birds of Prey, Mm. but I don't think she might not be as strong enough to hold a complete movie on her own. I do think she needs this supporting cast around her to make it a bit more interesting. I think
2: the best thing for that film to do is actually as well have at the end... I can see the watching the trailer, I sort of enjoyed it and thought, okay, I can see how you could make this work if you have Harley bring these characters together and have, one, make the Birds of Prey appealing because Harley's there, but two uh make Harley appeal appealing because the birds are prey of prey are there, so making it vice versa. So I would like the end of that film to sort of her be like what you know, looking at Huntress and um Black Canary and all these characters and go in sort of like, oh I'm glad you saw like had fun and she walks away and then the birds of prey are formed. I think that would be the best way to leave it rather than like now Harley Quinn's gonna lead the, the Birds of Prey. I think that would be the wrong way to do it. I Harley think. Quinn and Friends. Yeah exactly. Uh, so my,
0: my instant reaction to that trailer was just Eh, I'm interested. That's
2: basically what I. Heard. I'm
0: interested in you and McGregor, and that's Oh, it. he looks great. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, great, another like, like a villain we haven't seen on screen before and is yeah. getting airtime. Whereas, except uh,
1: it's Black Mask without the mask. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, what about other or like
2: any other ones that stand out to you? The things that have come from the Joker, no? Jason Eagle. Todd. <laughs> yeah, I
3: was. Yeah, I think there's two for me, and they, basically. Very similar in origin. One is Jason Todd, but I'll let you talk more about that. For me, one of my favorite elements is the, uh, because obviously in Bat, in the return of the Joker movie, like movie for Batman Beyond, they have like the segment where they sort of feature his death and they show like Joker Jr. uh, Essentially what they did to Tim Drake. And that's just one of my, it's one of my favorite segments just because like the way they animate him as well as they make him so twisted and it's just like, holy crap. This is what quite disturbing. There's some of those images, yeah. yeah. just the fact that you have that grin in the shadows, and it's just like, yeah. ugh. And then obviously you have like the the beautifully ironic death where he like at the last minute gets his sanity, shoots the do- Joker, and you have that. That's great, not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> like perfect end line for the Joker. Yeah, that's just one of my favorite stories. But yeah,
0: uh, yeah, Jason Todd, because I, I mean, it literally. Pushed Batman to breaking point, which is f- fantastic. But at the same time, it also created this character while trained under Batman, as also taken up his own mantle and gone, your way doesn't work. And a lot of the time, Batman is never questioned. He's the, he's the ultimate authority, and I think sometimes that authority needs to be questioned. And Jason yeah. Todd taking up his own mantle of like Red Hood and almost essentially becoming the Punisher is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I love the story of the animated film Under the Red Hood. Yeah, or originally the graphic novel because I love the question that Jason Todd poses. He's like, "Okay, don't mm-hmm. kill anybody," but why not him? Yeah. Like, if you could kill anyone, why not him? And, yeah. he, and he, he says something like, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, is it too hard to cross that line? And then Batman says, no, it's too easy.
2: Mm. Yeah. Any, any standout as well to you, Jake, in terms of byproducts of...
1: Um nothing specific no oh. i think for me it's more just standalone stories that yeah. come out i mean for me it's the the killing joke you know yeah is uh one of the most thought-provoking comics out there obviously alan moore crazy warlock yeah
2: and we said earlier about like that relationship with batman the fact they saw laugh
1: you know yeah, yeah exactly. exactly and you know that the, there's you know there's certain things in that book where you know obviously we know the parallels the paralyzation of barbara gordon but it's not shown, but it's really hinted at that the Joker and his gang also raped Jim Gordon. Like, you know, it's when they talk about themes like that, like they have done in this latest Joker movie, that's what intrigues me going forward with the Joker. I do. Obviously, I love Harley, uh, but I think Harley works best when she's with Mr. J. I
2: think that uh, about covers it off, guys. Um before we sort of wrap up and go to our end game, we'll uh, go to uh, our source segment, which we call the Movie Vault. Um, so, because the idea of the show is that we're sort of finding uh, well, good movies or recommended movies to uh, the Film God slash FG, as we call him, uh, we recommend uh, some movies to go into our Movie Vault. So, this week, based on our conversations. It's going to be a tough one, guys. But, you know, what would you say based on, like, if it was something to represent the Joker or represent the sort of, like, DC dark uh, aspects, you know, what what would you say has to be there for um, all time to sort of, like, symbolise?
3: Just checking, we're not limiting to just one thing, right?
2: No. Like, last time we had, like, three franchises.
1: So is it specifically around Joker?
2: Yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I think number one... Suicide Squad, is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think number one for me uh, will be Mask of the Phantasm. Mm, yeah. I think that's one of the strongest Joker stories plays into the animated series, which I think is probably the best adapted version of Batman and all his, you know, his universe, basically. Uh, so I think that's number one for me. Yeah. What about you guys?
2: Yeah, I, I agree because it, it, it represents the animated series because one, it's, it then makes it a movie so you can be like, yeah, you can go I in I mean, there. it
3: was released in cinemas. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. And, it's just hardly anyone went to see it. And Idiots. I think it's,
2: it gives you the Batman backstory because like I said, I think my problem with the uh, Tim Burton Batman is like you said, that they change a bit too many things and it's more of a Joker film whereas I feel that that is the perfect balance because Joker's there just as the anarchist and the psycho and Bruce Wayne, you see his backstory just through his relationship with Andrea and, um, you know, you you really understand the character in that. So that that's why I, I would agree with that. Um, what about you guys? Uh,
0: for me, I'm going to have to say The Man Who Laughs. Okay. The, the uh, I believe, is French film, which mm. actually inspired the character of the Joker. And it's a man who is uh, plastered with an unsettling earthly grin on his face uh-huh. and has to deal with life like that. Because you, you can't have one without the other. So I think, like understanding the history and going as far back as you can for the inspiration is a good thing to yeah. always look at i think that's a good shout um
2: i do i i would also say if we have to put then a live action one in there my choice would be dark knight just because like I said heath ledger's performance has made history so much i think with this joker film now it's a bit too early to maybe say um you know for like oh it's you know like so i agree with you kyle like it's an amazing film and um you know definitely up there in terms of like i would understand like your point of view of like this is my joker and all that kind of stuff but i think you need to sort of give it time to sort of like settle out there whereas i feel that the dark knight again is that representation of batman it's a fantastic film on its own it's you know got so much action and stuff in it um do you what would you say craig would you...
3: i mean i was nearing towards the side more of putting in joker because obviously like that film is the basis of thought or oh. Essentially, the film that inspired the majority of the discussion we had today, right? Physically brought us here together. But I understand the perspective of in order to understand its cultural relevance and how it impacts that, it needs a bit of time to do that. So, yeah, I probably would side for Dark Knight because Heath Ledger's performance um, also just brought the Academy's attention to like uh, more aspects of like comic book films and just got (coughs) that. Representation, so yeah, I probably, yeah, and, dark night. and even like elements of
2: like the Joker masks that they wear during that film, you f- you still get an essence of that in the Joker as well, like when they're wearing
1: the yeah, but mask. in
3: no way similar symbolic means, right? No, they, no, no, that's just a crime mask, so yeah.
1: Um, I actually recommend some reading material because I think yeah, I would sure. say Joker by Brian Azzarello, yeah, paints a very good picture on who the Joker is and the crime aspects of the clown prince of crime, yeah. And it came, out I think, I believe it came out the same year as the Dark Knight. Okay. And I think, even though it was done completely separate to the Dark Knight, you look at the art on that and you're like, man, that pretty much looks like Heath's yeah. Joker.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the name of it again? Sorry? It's
1: just called Joker. Oh, Joker. Okay. Uh, by Brian Azarello. Oh, okay.
2: Cool. Yeah. Can you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, it's funny when it's like tit- the same title as the film because you probably search it and then all it'll come up is the film. There was a film out in uh, twenty sixteen which I like came across last night on like iTunes Store called The Joker. And it's oh like, yeah, it's terrible. It's like a B rated horror yeah. movie. Like, is oh. it the one with Ron Perlman? And it's like it's got some guy basically in a scarecrow mask. Yeah, it, which it's is weird. so dumb. Um, it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> um, so yeah, going into the movie vault this week then would be uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. The, the man, man who laughs, who laughs, and the Dark Knight. As usual, uh, we'll now go to our traditional end game, which uh, sees our two guests pitted off against each other. So, what better week now to have two Joker experts try and see how well they know the Joker and uh, know his. Uh, something very iconic of him. I'll hand you over to Craig now to sort of uh, go a bit more into this. I'm uh, proven as a fraud, I know it.
3: Tell you the name of the game as well. Okay, so we've looked at many elements of the Joker this week, but one element we haven't gone into a great detail about is the laugh. So this week we're playing a game called Who's Laughing Now? <laughs> <laughs> we're combining Endgame and uh, joker in oh uh in one goodness, picture that's horrifying with you <laughs> want know how laughing. i got these stones <laughs> <laughs> so i had never seen that picture before so the basis of this game is that we've taken uh various joker laughs from various uh, fr- uh various uh films tv shows like uh, get, uh video games at times uh just to see how much you truly know. So there's two things we're looking for. Basically, each round will have a maximum of two points. So you get one point if you know the name of the, of the actor or voice actor. And you get one point if you know the name of where it's from. So it, if it's a case of you know the approximate, depending on how much of the approximate will give you points. So first thing I'd like you to do is choose your buzzer because this will be fastest first. Okay, so, Jake, if you could please tell us your sound.
2: It's kind of like a a clown horn. (laughs) Ironic.
3: And then Kyle. Excellent. It's like a game show thing. Also appropriate. What's also ironic is when I put your initials down on the score sheet, they go JK, JK. JK. (laughs) This was always meant to be, guys. Okay, do I look like a
1: guy with a (laughs)
2: plan? Yes the opposite of last week when we had LK which has made me think of Lorraine
3: Kelly (laughs) (laughs) okay so like I said it's fastest first first clip (laughs) that's Jack Nicholson Batman 1989 David correct Correct. so two points to Jake so that was indeed Jack Nicholson from Batman uh, 1989 um, I'm very glad you gave me the year as well, because I did not write down the year. Um, I just thought we would naturally I just we'd... always refer to it as that so people know. Yeah, yeah because there so so are so many other medias called Batman. 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 Yeah. 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 To be fair, for the purpose of our notes, we've put Tim Burton's Batman, just to make it a bit easier. But, okay, fantastic. So... It kind of reminds me of uh,
2: Spider-Man, which is 20... What's the... 2099, it? makes oh, it sound yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. like Batman
3: 1989. It's yeah. like, <laughs> Which is not very spectacular, here If you believe <laughs> no.
2: Uh Cool. Round two.
0: Man, that's Hamel. <laughs> I okay. couldn't tell you what from
3: or which one, but it's Hamel. Okay. So that is Hamel. Um, I'll give before you show the. Im- <laughs> I was already doing it, <laughs> sorry. for future reference, <laughs> in the event that someone gets one but not the other, I'll give the other person
2: the chance. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought you just wanted to gloat about what scene it was in without. No, image. no, no, no.
3: So that was the infamous laugh from Mask of the Phantasm. Um. So yeah, but that was Mark Hamill. So one point uh, to Kyle. Excellent. Round number three. <laughs>
1: Kyle.
0: Oh man, my brain's just gone dead on me. Is it Dark Knight Returns Part 2? But I had no idea on voice actor.
3: David? Correct. It is uh, Dark Knight Part 2. Sick. So, for a chance for a point, uh, Jake, do you know who the voice actor for the Joker was?
1: I did, but not now. Ah. Oh, <laughs> well, that's always
0: helpful. <laughs> I thought you were about to get it up in your nose. I was going to be like, God damn it.
1: You literally beat me by one second because I knew it was Dark Knight Returns. But for the life of me, I can't remember the next voice actor's name. I thought
3: you were going to get there quicker because obviously we talked about the scene. Because that is the (laughs) laugh from the scene where he does break his neck. Break his neck, yeah. So the actor for that scene was Michael Emerson. So you might also know him as one of the lead villains in series two and three of Lost. I think that's his most uh, notable role to date.
1: Oh yeah, now I recognize his face.
3: Yeah. Okay, so after three rounds, we're currently tied with two points apiece. Number
1: four.
3: Uh, that is Cesar Romero
1: yep. from Batman the Movie, 1966. Okay, David?
3: Yep. God damn it. So, what's interesting is that we don't actually know if it's from the movie or the <laughs> TV show. So he gets one point. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we'll give, him, we'll give him the two points. Uh, we'll give him the benefit. Yeah, that. Basically, it. we got it from a, uh, from a clip compilation. So we just know that it's from the... I forgot there was a movie, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's it's, true. True. it's great. <laughs> this show is up the, to the, do the me over. The exploding shark, man. Yeah. So. Okay, so let's move on to number five. Oh, wait, and obviously and, here's yeah. the picture...
2: He's dressed in a very similar outfit there, actually, isn't he? In the the real (laughs) actor. I
3: think if you showed two people who had no idea who the Joker was and said one of these is called the Joker, they would have a difficult time guessing. (laughs) Well, the one is in in clown makeup, but the other is wearing an incredibly frilly shirt. (laughs) Number five. (laughs) So,
1: I don't know the name of the actor, but is it... Under the Red Hood.
3: It is Under the Red Hood.
1: See, I was drawn...
0: I thought it was going to be like the Brave and the Bold series for a moment. Did you? Yeah. But
3: I, I'm glad you're yeah. thinking about those sort of roles as well. So, but you have a choice. You have a chance now, because obviously you don't know the actor. Do you know who the actor is? Uh, pff, nope. Okay. <laughs> I told you I'm going to be made to look like a frog. Okay, <laughs> so the voice actor for Under the Red Hood was... John DiMaggio, a.k.a. you'll know him as Bender from Futurama or Jake the Dog from Adventure Time. Uh, he's also had like a string of other like, uh, notable uh, voice roles, and he did indeed do the Joker for Under the Red Hood. I really like his Joker. I love yeah. his Joker. Um, I, did, I, I was going to mention him in terms of like favorite adaptations, but I thought I might spoil too much who might be coming up later in the mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So, sorry to be sneaky on that one. <laughs> okay. So, next up, we have round six. (laughs) Oh.
1: Jake. Mark Hamill, the killing joke. So,
3: in terms of voice actor, you are? In terms of media, you are? Is it Arkham City? The video game. <laughs> so yeah, so basically it is from it's from the Arkham Games. So I think specifically that one Yeah, I think that was it's when Arkham. he's ill, isn't it?
2: That's the one I found most creepy yeah. to, so to be honest. Like yeah, that.
3: that's why you have to give like uh, Mark Hamill a lot of credit for his range. Mm-hmm. Because obviously he has to do the Arkham games. But so for that round you both get a point. So and
2: there yeah. he is, the man himself doing the worst.
3: Excellent. So, after six rounds, uh, we have Kyle on three and Jake is on six. Okay, now we go on to number seven. <laughs> Who do you think that was, Dave? Oh, I think it was Jake. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that bleep is about to be used a lot more. I don't
2: know, Craig. What was your...
1: Did you, I mean, I think it was I, Jake, I, too. Should
2: we have them answer both, <laughs> just both at once? Should we have an answer both at once?
3: Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's fair. So I'm going to give a uh, count of three. So once I go three, two, one, I'll point. If you say exactly the same, then I'll give you both the same amount. What do you want first? Do, yeah, do voice actor. No, actor, actor, uh, do no, the... actor, actor uh, media. Okay. okay.
1: So three, two, one. Legend two. for Dark Knight.
3: Yeah, that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't give, if, give us a point. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if you were going to go with th- first name, you threw me.
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> I, I heard you say ledger, so yeah.
2: we. Know. So
3: I think the fairest thing to do in that situation is I'm going to give them both two points. Yes, yeah. So we'll note that down. Okay, excellent. Course, I am impressed by the speed of that one. I think <laughs> I, had, I was about to have more time to digest that. Next round, number eight. <laughs>
0: Is that Mark Hamill, but in Killing
3: Joke? (laughs) I knew it. I'll give you a chance.
1: Could I hear the audio again? Yep. Man, that is...
0: It's very Hamill. It's very Hamill,
2: but I don't know
3: if it is. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you just said Hamel and we didn't give you any yeah, points. Right? Yeah, so many elements yeah. to
2: that one. No, I know, but
3: that's the thing. I, I, um, my brain goes
1: straight to. Um, I'm trying to think of all the different me- <laughs> all the yeah. stuff
3: he's been in. Now, I'm going to pass on that one now. Okay, so in that case, so the correct answer of so, the correct answer that was from the cartoon show The Batman. God damn it! Ah. And that was. And the uh, the voice actor was Kevin Michael Richardson. <laughs> I mean, he definitely doesn't look like the Joker. No, no. no exactly. <laughs> with those dreads. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the most un uh, un Joker like character I think I've seen. But mm. no, so uh, Kevin Michael Richardson's really interesting. So he's also done voice acting such as uh, Captain Gan- uh, Gantu from Lilo and Stitch, as well as Principal Lewis from American Dad, and lots of other roles like that. So he does have like a very like powerful like sort of boomy but also quite it was that cackle the middle one the high one that I was like that's gotta yeah. be Hamlet pro- it so,
1: seemed like there were a few in there yeah. no, so basically put me off.
3: the problem is uh, we couldn't find many which didn't have the very iconic music of the Batman so nah. the only sign that did was one where there are multiple versions of him all laughing at the same time But that meant- so it was the same character laughing over and over so in that round nobody gets any points when we'll they move on to the next clip <laughs> Gotham City ah. Do it again? <laughs> yeah. That
0: was quite... <laughs> I, w- I was tempted to say that. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to no say more. I was gonna say Lego, but I haven't seen that movie, so I, I was lost on that one.
1: You haven't seen Lego Batman? No, I haven't. Oh, wow.
0: Okay, so... Let's just say you weren't going to get that, guys. You had no idea, didn't
1: no, you? Yeah. <laughs> I,
3: I admit, I was. I, I was. I
0: was tempted to say, but I wouldn't have known it was Zach Galifianakis.
3: <laughs> okay, so, wow, that was the one I was. That's the one I spent the most work on as well. Fair. All right. Okay. So in that round, nobody gets any points, but the correct Especially answer, David. No, no. <laughs> so the correct get answer killed. Correct answer was Zach Galifianakis from the Lego Batman movie. We'll give Craig uh, Great <laughs> <laughs> point. So, next one. So, congratulations. Whoever, comes, whoever doesn't win this quiz, you are not coming last because I'm only getting one point. <laughs> next round. <laughs>
1: so, it's Mark Hamill.
3: Yep.
1: Now, do I have to... It's the animated series, but do I have to pick a specific episode? No. I would say the animated series.
3: Yep. <laughs> so I'm just convinced it was Batman Beyond, to be honest. The um Return of, oh, Return of the Jokers. I, anyway. no, I can understand. I can understand that. Like we have tried to go for a couple of like unconventional choices. Yeah. I think the audio quality of that one is
1: I think that's what made me go for no, I think this is like, yeah. two. Totally,
3: yeah. So Alright. So we move on to the next clip. Ha 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 ha. That was definitely... <laughs> it's
0: Jared Leto and Suicide Squad.
3: <laughs> Do we even need to hear the... No, not that!
0: <laughs> David's just a, like a sadist just trying yeah. to torture us with that cackle. This is
3: where he tells me he is the Joker and I'm, the, yeah. I'm just the
2: Batman who's <laughs> <He's> tormenting me. <laughs> How dare you compare me to that ah. Penny character
3: ah. earlier. Ah. So yeah, so in penguin. that situation... Kyle gets an extra two points.
0: What a gorgeous man!
3: Yeah, shame about the guy on the left. However, <laughs> 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 so obviously we've we've thrown a little bit of shade at Suicide Squad uh, during this. Uh, however, I do feel that the character from Brooklyn Nine Captain Holt, sums it up best for me. So I'd like to hear what he has to say.
0: Now I know why you refer to this as a Suicide Squad, Peralta, because I already want to kill myself. What?
3: <laughs> what uh, episode is that from i don't remember that it's at all. from uh it's from the season finale of season six. Oh my oh, god! i gotta am- check that that's out that's amazing yeah, they, they literally create their own <laughs> suicide squad fantastic <laughs> so um okay so at the end of that um so kyle has seven points and the winner is jake with 10 points and you also have me with one point.
0: <laughs> I, I was so ready for Whacking to come in at some point. I'm kind of I'm kind of deflated yeah, that he wasn't. I'm
3: sorry. So, yeah. So the result to the end game is that Jake is the winner. Congratulations. How many points? Uh, with 10 points still. And
0: now you have to hit your best Joker laugh.
3: Oh. My best Joker laugh? Yeah. Well, this is your, vic-
2: the- your victory music. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah, we have a small trophy for you. Um which I shall get now. So every Joker needs their accomplice, their Harley Quinn. So you get a Lego Harley Quinn. <laughs> Love Lego Harley.
1: Look at that. That's going so, on my uh, desk. Yeah,
2: Your prize, That's Lego sick. Harley Quinn uh, from the Lego Batman movie. Uh, Kyle, I got you a consolation prize. Sick. It's it's one of the lesser known <laughs> villains. You get Calculator. <laughs> the calculator oh
0: man I hate math <laughs> that's it's why just it's gonna you, get mo- you have calculator yeah. not only is it going to mock me because I lost it <laughs> mocks me because math yeah so yeah thank
2: you guys uh, very fun un- end game there uh, with yeah lots of uh, fun clips of Joker laughs uh, that is it for uh, today's episode like I said guys thank you for listening to all our thoughts please uh, interact with us on social media tell us what you think about the Joker why he's so iconic um you know what are your favorite incarnations and uh yeah like uh have a check of our review of uh the joke or oh, joker on uh freshtakehub.com and also uh jake's uh reviews on uh was it film 7 podcast, film 7 podcast yeah. yeah so uh like i said any other stuff for you to uh plug guys where can we find you jake
1: uh well you can find me on twitter and instagram at sweaty jake mm-hmm. uh but you can find my podcast film seven podcast twitter instagram and uh facebook and you can also find us on spotify apple podcasts all that good stuff
0: cool uh, Kyle. uh you can catch me on instagram at kshawn.thomas thomas, uh just for all major updates and stuff as i uh Go about the world of film and descent into my own private madness with all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Don't go watching any train crash. Um, <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So, thank you guys for joining us, uh, Craig. Any closing remarks?
0: Don't romanticise <laughs> the Joker in <and> Hollywood. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's
3: so, that though. If I actually have to, if this podcast had a moral, it's don't romanticise toxic relationships. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, and uh, don't don't skip ahead too far on your on your uh, PowerPoint
1: presentations.
2: <laughs> so, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, like I said, you can catch us on. Uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram uh, at Fresh Take Hub. And like I said, uh, you can catch us. Well, good movies. Please subscribe to us on Spotify. Follow us on iTunes. Review us, rate us. Um, it's all very much appreciated. So thank you guys. Um, it's been a fun one, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, catch you on the next episode. Thank you very much. Thank bye you. Bye bye. Good
1: guys.
0: My instant reaction to that trailer was just, eh...